Welcome to the Soul Tribe Podcast. The Soul Tribe Podcast was created to help you navigate through the world of spirituality, wellness, and self-development in an easy, grounded, and relatable way. We break down everything from the Akashic Records, manifesting, spirituality, and so much more. We want to help expand your boundaries and bring the spiritual world to you in a fun and easy way. Get ready to be inspired with tips, tools, and easy-to-digest information. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Soul Tribe Podcast. Today's episode is an interview with Erin Eber. Erin does these amazing healing sessions with her voice. And we're so lucky that at the end of the interview, she does a special, specific healing therapies or sound therapy. Um, I think she calls it sound therapy. She does it for you guys, for the Soul Tribe podcast, to help you guys awaken to your spiritual path, your spiritual beings, and your higher self. It was a really fun interview because... Erin, it's almost like she was like feeding, at some point she was like feeding us questions. It's almost like her intention to talk about something was pushed on to us, even though we were totally in different cities and different towns and different countries. But still that telepathic, that intuitive connection was still present in the interview. These were not, most of those questions were not planned questions. um, And yet she was still thinking about them and wanted to talk about that. So I think that's amazing when an interview has that sort of connection where you ask something and the other person totally vibes off of talking about that. And it goes to show you how connected and intuitive we all, we all were at the time of the conversation. Aaron's energy and Aaron's way of seeing life, it was really nice to absorb that and see that. Um, and... We hope she continues to grow in, in, in the therapy world and where she works and the practices she does and how she does custom ones for individuals and for groups. I hope that she continues her work because it's, it's probably been very helpful for many people. And Lorena and I have actually watched a few of her sessions uh, via Instagram where she posted them and it's just it's really nice to see. It's just another way of healing, isn't it? Another way of connecting, another way of being, another way of of being more aligned. Uh, Some of us are called to certain things and some of us are called to others. And Aaron's is all about sound and connection and alignment and being, right? She talks to us about how she got to that point in her life, how she discovered that. And that was a very interesting story as well. Um, On a side note... We actually were talking about this with Lorena. We would like to do a healing session for the Soul Tribe podcast. We all are going through a very difficult time right now. And if you've heard our channeled information before with the Akashic Records, Lorena and I have spoken about the important part right now is to keep our vibrations high because that's going to make or break how well our body copes if we do get contaminated with this virus. Um, and how we're going to survive it and how we're going to pass pass that. And so to do that, we want to use our own tools, what we are capable and what we can give to the world. And that for me is angelic healing. And for my sister, that is Reiki. 
and my mom actually, uh, who's a Reiki master, who's been a Reiki master for many years, uh, has asked to join with us. So you will be getting three energies sending you or three portals sending you energy of healing to higher your vibration. That will be the intention to keep you safe, protected and in high vibration during these difficult times. And since we do not want to surpass the free will of each and every individual, we will only be sending the energy to those individuals who would like to receive this energy out of respect for you and for the angels, archangels and all those that are related to Reiki. And so if you would like to be a part of that massive healing session that we'll be doing with Lorena and my mother, what you have to do is email us at soultribepodcast at gmail.com. The information we need is your full name and your date of birth. With that, we'll be able to send Reiki and angelic healing. Uh, once we have all the data put together, we will be announcing the exact day and time that we will be sending it. The three channels, which is my mom, Lorraine, and I, uh, we will be sending the energy at the same time. So once we announce it, uh, you can be sleeping and receive it. That's okay, depending on what time zone you're in. You can be awake and lay down in a calm place and receive it, and that's also okay. But we will keep you posted. We'll post it on Instagram and we will also announce it on the next episode of the podcast. That means that we will be sending the healing messages within a week. So make sure to send us your information if you're interested uh, as soon as possible. And um, we'll be gathering all those names and all the information and we'll announce the date as soon as possible. We also wanted to let you guys know that Lorena and I have finished gathering all the information and all the material that we've been working very hard on for Akashic Records classes level one. Uh, this class, I've been I've been uh, trying it out because it's all new material. Lorena and I sat down and channeled information for an entire week. It was a lot of it was nine to ten hours a day of channeling. It was a uh, very intense. Um, and very informative time for Lorena and I and then we wanted to make sure to make that as neat as possible in PDF form. We've created the Soul Tribe Academy so that you can leave that course with a certificate of your own of Akashic Records Level 1. Level 1 basically means that you are your own Akashic Records reader. You can access your own Akashic Records. So if you're also interested in being a part of this class, you can email us at soultribeacademy at gmail.com. And in the email of Soul Tribe Academy, uh, just send us your information that you're interested in doing the course. We're only for now uh, taking up to maximum eight students a class because up until now I've been doing four and then five and then six. So I don't want to surpass eight. Uh, Lauren and I don't want to surpass too many classes because we want to be able to give each student its, their attention and the time that they need to maybe focus on something that they might be blocking or having issues with. Um, the class will be Saturday and Sunday, April 18th and 19th via Zoom. So all you have to do is have an internet connection and a computer or a phone. You'll be given a PDF manual with everything you need to know, and we'll be going through all the material. You'll be giving your sacred verse to open up your own Akashic Records, 
every teacher has their own verse. So it's not going to be the same. If you're already a reader, it's not going to be the same verse as you have now, or that you maybe you bought a book and you learned. Uh, every teacher has their own opening and closing verse. So Lorena and I have our own given to us by our own masters. We really hope to have you in the class. We're very excited that we can finally teach this class in a bigger in a bigger atmosphere because we've been doing it in very small classes to make sure the material was up to date and perfect for teaching. And yeah, we're so excited. We're excited to have the class coming out now. Um, so yeah, make sure to email us soultribeacademy at gmail.com. Let us know you're interested and we'll send you all the details. Erin, thanks so much for joining us today. And we're excited to speak to you about many different things that you're, you know, dealing with and working with and helping people with. But mostly, I wanted to ask you to start off, do you consider yourself an intuitive? I do. Yeah. I consider yeah. my, yeah, I would most um, often describe myself as an intuitive to people, but um I use a lot of other words along with it. It's just, I think intuitive is the thing people probably understand the easiest, mm. so. And is, is it like something that you tapped into like when you got older or do, do you think that you were kind of born with it and you felt that you were able to pick up on things from people around you? Yeah, I think I was definitely born with it, um, but unfortunately it wasn't nurtured, you know, which I think happens to a lot of people. Um, I think everybody, is intuitive in some way. Um, we all have it come through a little bit differently and we all feel it differently or sense it differently. Um, something I always describe to people with my intuition is that I have this thing where I just say, I just know. Um, I get visuals, I get imagery, but usually for me with, with people, I just know. And yeah. they're sort of like, well, what does that mean? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like, I look at someone and it's like, oh, this is what's going on with you. I see this, you know, this picture in my head. I just, I just know. Whereas other people are going to be feelers, are going to be, um, you know, sensors. They're going to, there's so many different ways that you can pick up on stuff. But I think that society unfortunately squashes that for most people. So I think a big journey most of us that are on an awakening path are on right now is remembering to trust what we actually know um, without being able to explain it with our minds. Yeah, I totally understand that because like Lorena can can tell you, I'll sometimes like call her in the middle of nowhere and go, oh my God, Lorena, we have to do this. And I and this and this and this, I don't know how I know, I just know. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think we all have that to some extent. It's just agree, most yeah. of us doubt it. Yeah. yeah, well, what advice would you give somebody that, kind of feels like they have an intuitive side to themselves, but they can't really follow it or they don't know how to tap into it. Like what advice would you give them? You know, it's funny because I think each person, I would probably give different advice to each person that I'm talking to. And, and this is something it's often hard for me to speak generally about this kind of stuff because everyone is such a unique situation. Um, and so some people it's more about self-doubt and for, you know, other people, there might be a different story going on. And so I just would tell people to practice and, you know, to practice trusting themselves. Um, great advice that my mentor gave me many years ago. I was trying to sort through something I was confused about in my own head. And he said to me, you know, your knowing would be here full time if you just dropped the butt clause. Because at the end of everything I was saying, I would go, but, and he was like, just drop the butt. And guess what? Your knowing would stop being so respectful 
of your self-doubt. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. So I think about that all the time whenever I get into my own patterns of self-doubt because it happens to everybody. Um, so I think like learning to just trust what you intuitively know and, and practice it with the easy things first maybe, you know, so that it's not such a big risk, like you're risking your whole life or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's an unwinding for each person for sure. For sure. It's almost like that butt is a way of protecting yourself because Mm -hmm. I mean, we're on a path where not, not everybody's on board yet. A lot of us are, right? (laughs) So I think the butt makes us sound a little bit less crazy if someone's hearing us. I think that's kind of part of the reason why a lot of, a lot of people do use those terms at the end of, or like, you know, I think, I don't know. That's my opinion because you don't want to push anybody into it or you don't want to sound crazy. So I think you use those things to end it. Totally. I think you're 100% right. And I think that there's a lot of um, protection that goes on for ourselves, which is rightfully so. You know, we've lived in a world that hasn't really supported this way of being. Uh, most of us have been burned at the stake in other lives or, you know, mm-hmm. ousted from the community. Um, and there's a real survival element to everything that's going on in the awakening world right now. And It's something that I've had a really deep journey with, especially the last couple of years, is having to really face the survival wiring that's inside of myself. And it's in pretty much everybody because that's how we've gotten through life historically and now we've been trained to survive and you want to stay with the pack to survive, you know? So when you know things that differentiate you from other people... Um, that's actually a really terrifying thing to our bodies and our nervous system and our hormones. You know, it runs much deeper than even just knowing that, you know, it's okay now because we look around ourselves and we say, oh, okay, I'm not going to get murdered today for this, but <laughs> it's hardwired yeah. into our systems, unfortunately. Yeah. It's so true. And just not being sure of the people around you or what vibe they're on. And if you say something, they might think like Lucia was saying, maybe, maybe they'll think you're crazy or, you know, even though you might deeply believe what you're saying and you know, it's coming from your intuition and you believe it to be true. I think that's part of all of our journeys too, especially as, like you said, like spiritually awakened people to trust ourselves and to yep, not 100%. You know, trust what's coming through and not let people like bring that doubt forward for us. It's, it's like a test too, right? Definitely. I think we're all like retraining ourselves to go home to the truth of who we are and what we know. And it's actually a much deeper and ingrained process than we originally realized. Like I think a lot of people go through an initial awakening because they see what the truth is about themselves or they see the truth of their reality. But then there's a very long integration process. And this is because of you know generations of wiring in a different way. So yeah. it's a journey. And I think patience with ourselves is so huge. You know, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you talk about spiritual awakening. Now yours, you have a story behind it and you, you told us something about soul death. Can you like, <laughs> tell us a little bit about like what, what happened there or what, what, what was your experience? <laughs> I know. It's like, wait, come again. Soul death? What? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Um, yeah. I've had a very, I, so it's funny because people often talk about having an aha moment or an awakening. And I think there are these rare beings out there that have had these one moment awakenings. You know, we look at someone like Eckhart Tolle or um, Ramana Maharshi or, you know, people that historically have been looked up to as awakened avatars. And 
you know, that does happen sometimes where people just go to sleep one night and they wake up the next day and boom, they're completely awakened. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's actually quite rare. I think most of us are on a much slower unfoldment journey. And that's for good reason. You know, many of us are are slowly integrating it so that we can really learn and be teachers um, and bring these things forward. So I know for myself, like, it's been a very... um, slow unfoldment with many different kinds of awakening along the way. Mm-hmm. And the biggest shift for me was this moment that I call my soul death. Um, we could call it a lot of things. That's a little bit of a shamanic term for it. Um, whereas it also was sort of the wiping clean of my own inner operating system or my own hard drive. And it was a really long process that got me there. I spent most of my 20s heavily depressed and very lost and in a lot of pain inside. Um, I got really blessed at an early age to meet mentors that were incredibly awakened, grounded human beings um, from an early age. So I met my first mentor when I was 17 and she was a healer and a mystic and just the most embodied in compassion and love human I'd ever come across. And um, she taught me all kinds of things, introduced me to the healing world um, and really cracked open my spiritual journey in many ways. And she also then introduced me to um, the man who became my second mentor, a man named Bill Bauman, um, who's now no longer accessible. He's kind of retired himself from human life and teaching. Mm. But um, he was the most awakened person I've ever met in my life. And so these two people really shaped my path and guided me through a lot of years of a lot of inner pain and confusion. And, you know, regular life did not support the journey that I was on. Like, if I had been really honest with the people in my life about what I was going through, they definitely would have wanted me to be medicated. Um, They definitely would have suggested I get a lot of professional help. Um, because I was really not in a good place inside. And it took a lot of just walking into that over and over and over again and facing what I was feeling internally that didn't have a lot of external explanation to it um, to get me to a place where I eventually was just really ready to be done with what I was essentially allowing to die within myself. And I'll never forget it. It was just this moment where I was actually at a seminar with my mentor, Bill, and I was sort of laying on the ground crying about something, just feeling miserable. And all of a sudden, I remember I just felt okay. And I sort of went, what just happened? You know, because I could feel something very profound had just happened inside of myself and I I wasn't sure what it was. And I had a conversation with Bill and he sort of described it. The first thing he said to me was, oh, well, it looks like your soul just dropped into the existential blender. (laughs) I was like, what? I know, right? (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, excuse me, come again? Like, what What just happened? And um, yeah, it turned out that this sort of soul that I had been for the first um, 32 years of my life, had just sort of left me. And it really was this incredible experience of inner clarity for me where everything I'd been through suddenly made sense. And I remember right after this seminar, I went to um, this beautiful canyon in Utah and I was sitting on this canyon looking out at the world around me. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I've never been actually grateful to be alive before ever. 
And I feel that now I suddenly feel this inner peace that's like unshakable inside of myself. And yeah, it was amazing. And, and it, but it's been a really funny journey ever since because, um, everything about my journey changed after that. And, um, you know, I think there's this illusion that when you get to that kind of a space, like then everything is just easy or makes sense. And actually it's the opposite where like, you know, life made a lot less sense to me actually after that whole experience. I I sort of had to relearn a lot of things and rewire a lot of things in my psyche and, and allow a very, you know, involved rebirthing process um, that has sort of rebirthed me as what I call my divine soul. So it was almost like the smaller version of me um, had left. The version that was rooted in pain and suffering had left. And I've been on this sort of embodiment of my divine soul ever since. And I love to share this with people. Not, um, I know it can sound a little bit out there to the average person probably listening to this, but I find that everyone can relate to some part of that journey when I share this story. You know, everybody's had some kind of inner death inside of themselves that they can go, oh, yeah, I know, I know that feeling. I know what you're talking about. So they might not have had as overall intense as an experience as I've had, but it will resonate in some way usually with people in an awakening journey. For sure. But did you find like after you had that experience, because you, you know, you said like you had to like relearn things. Did this also happen with like your friendships and your family? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it, a lot changed. Like I realized in retrospect that a lot, most of, most of probably my friendships before my soul death had been rooted in codependency. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that fully until the soul death because I suddenly didn't need it anymore. And a lot of my relationships had to shift. And in that process, I lost a lot of friends, people that I actually never thought I would have lost, you know, but I found that I was really okay with it. It was like, there was this piece in me of like, oh yeah, like if they're meant to be in my life, they'll be in my life and we'll rework our friendship or we'll rework our connection. Mm -hmm. And some of them have since re-entered my life in new ways um, with their own growth having happened and some of them haven't. And it's just been sort of a, yeah, like a relearning of the types of relationships that I want to have in my life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so interesting because I feel like it's, it makes you really see energetically. First of all, I think the people will just go away. The people that aren't meant to be around you with your energy will automatically just leave. That's happened to me personally, but also it makes you realize that you were like clinging on to certain people, right? That maybe weren't even good for you or bringing you any, anything positive or even helping you grow. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think like there's this trust that's cultivated for me of the people that are meant to be there just being there. Um, and I don't cling to it anymore. And something that I've actually told a lot of people in my life when they've then re-entered my life is, you know, like I've always been here and I'm, I'm always available you know, like we can always recreate this connection unless someone is truly in a toxic space and projecting a lot of that toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always available, you know, it's just, um, I can only have this kind of connection now. So like, are you available for this connection? Yeah. Um, and actually it's, it's it caused a lot of positive change in my life, but it's, it's had its moments, you know, where you're like, Do, am I ever going to have friends again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So like technical, technical question. Okay. So, so we're talking about, for example, the, the soul contract. So there's a plan for you. You're going to go through this situation, that situation. Do you think that you were off path and that crisis led you back on the path? Or do you think that that crisis was actually part of the plan to get you on that path? That's a great question. I think it was completely a part of the plan. Yeah. Um, I think, and that's why I think when it happened, I suddenly went, oh, like everything made sense yeah. after it happened. Um, cause I always knew that I was meant to feel the way I feel now. I always knew I was meant to feel this way. And I had this weird inner knowing that I was meant to live and embody humanness a little bit differently than everybody else. And yet here I was just feeling so stuck in the mud all the time. And yeah. I was kind of like, what is this? And so that's part of why having mentors was so important because they could kind of help me make sense of it while I was in it, which was really um, a gift to have. But um, yeah, it was definitely all a part of the plan. And um, it's funny because even like the idea of a soul plan makes far less sense to me now um, because I think that old soul was on a soul plan. Um, and I was just sort of being dragged along, you know, with like the plan. Whereas mm -hmm. now it doesn't feel that way so much anymore. It feels a little bit more like a cosmic unfolding that I just get to be a part of and get to play with, which is really mm. cool. That's so yeah. cool. With your mentors, did they actually teach you some of these things that you help people with today? Sometimes, like I, I definitely model a lot of what I do after what I witnessed with Bill. Um, because Bill had this way of meeting people so fully where they were at that they always felt completely seen. Mm -hmm. so, so a lot of the work that I do today, I definitely model off of what I saw him do with everyone. He didn't necessarily teach it. Like there wasn't like a training or like a five-step program or any of that. I just got to absorb his methods through witnessing him, which was really cool. That's awesome. How did he come into your life though? Like both of them. Cause you said you met Bill, Bill was named through your first mentor. Like how did they come into your life? Yeah. It, I mean, it was all really, I mean, I think those were the two biggest blessings of my life in so many ways. Um, and I think those were definitely meant to be that I was brought to them. So Jeannie, who was my first mentor, um, I was a singer from a young age. We're going to talk about toning and sound and all those things. And <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been a singer forever. And I actually lost my voice when I was 13. And Ooh. yeah, and I was um, devastated because what I, what I know now is that at a young age, singing was the only thing I had that connected me to my truth. I didn't know that at the time. I just knew I couldn't live without singing. And, um, so when I lost my voice, I just went on like a spiral, you know, it was like, I'd been stripped of my one connection to source and divinity. But you couldn't and, talk at all, like speak anything? No, I could, you know what? I could talk. I just couldn't sing. Like it was like, um, you know, just like a vocal, I, I, to be honest, I'm not even actually sure what it was, but you could relate it to almost like a vocal nodule kind of thing or like a um, sinus kind of thing, but I just, it was like every time I tried to sing, it was all hoarse. It wasn't coming out right. Um, and my voice teacher at the time recommended this woman to me who was a healer. Um, and I had never done any alternative healing. Um, and she just said, I think you should meet her. And as soon as I met her, I was completely obsessed with her. You know, I was just <laughs> like, Oh my God, who are you? Tell me everything. What are you doing? I need to know it all because she just <laughs> like so amazing. And I was so lost. Um, and she was very ahead of her time. 
she was doing muscle checking and tapping and energy healing and all these things, you know, that just no one was doing then. You know, this was not normal back then. This was like 20 years ago. Yeah, and um yeah. and everyone thought I was crazy. They used to call her my witch doctor, you know. Oh, they were like, what is this crazy thing you're doing? Everyone thought I'd lost my mind and I was like, oh, you guys don't understand. I found the answers, you know. <laughs> if you were if you were in South America, that was normal because for us, like everybody had somebody that the family was going to, like the entire family went to that one person. Like it's it's normal it was normal for where we grew up. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's the thing, is like it's just it's just the America thing, you know, like people yeah. just didn't, I was also, I was, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, it was just very not normal to be into anything weird or different. Um, yeah. What did so your I family was, I, say about that? You know, what's so funny is my parents couldn't be more opposite of me um, and they don't really get me, but they have always been supportive in the way of just staying out of it. Hmm. which actually was a blessing when I really look back at that. Um, you know, I definitely had my journey with feeling misunderstood and feeling like they didn't see me and all these things, but um, I'm kind of glad they just sort of let me do my thing and they just didn't interfere. That's, that's, that's good. Really good. That's it was awesome. good. I mean, it was definitely like there was a big part of me that wanted them to get it for a long time. And then I eventually grew out of that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? It's okay. I just, they're, they're where they're at. I'm at where I'm at and it's, it's all okay. But yeah, they've always just stayed out of it. Yeah. And at this point now they are starting to get it a little bit more, which is great. Um, They're far more open to it now than ever before. And I think it's just because the world is changing and they're also witnessing what I'm doing and they're kind of getting more curious, like, oh, what, what is going on there? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's oh, amazing. it seems to be working. She must be doing something right. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh, the world is accepting this. Maybe I'll look at it. <laughs> yeah. know, maybe but... there's something to this. So <laughs> exactly. maybe you can tell everybody like what it is you do. Um, so explain <laughs> all of the things you do or just give kind of like a breakdown of what you do and then we'll get into each one. Yeah. So um, these days, so basically I work with people who are somewhere in the awakening process. Um, I find that I tend to attract people who are here to live in bigger ways than society suggests is possible. Um, and I tend to serve as this sort of mentor and guide and um transforming agent for people in their journey. Um, and then I do that through using a different, a couple different modalities. Um, these days, my main modality is using sound. Um, and I do something that I've been calling toning work, um, for lack of a better word. Sometimes I change the name of it and call it like frequency attunements or frequency downloads. But what it is, is essentially downloading and transmitting frequencies using my voice that shift and transform and awaken people. Um, and we can definitely get into more detail about how that works um, because I'm super fascinated about it. But um, the other thing that I do is I use cacao. I use ceremonial grade cacao, which I've had a, a very deep journey with over the last seven years um, after living in Guatemala. And um, I love using cacao because high quality really strong ceremonial cacao just serves as an incredible space holder for people. Um, it holds space for healing. It holds space for awakening. Um, and I've just gotten so much out of it personally that I love sharing it with other people. So those are sort of the two main modalities that I use now to 
transmit whatever's coming through. And of all the questions I could ask you, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, what made you move to Guatemala? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I ended up there by accident. So actually, I um, about eight or nine years ago now, actually it was 2012, um, I had basically this meltdown where I was like, I have to leave America. Um, so I'd been living in New York for my whole twenties. And as I was saying before, I was pretty depressed and I was working a lot of corporate jobs and just things that were kind of quote normal. And Mm -hmm. I, in 2012, just hit a wall and it was new year's Eve of 2012. And I said, you know what, I got to get out of here. And it was literally five days later, I went to Cuba which was so funny, but um, I ended up having this sort of, I need to break out of the American conditioning awakening. So I went and traveled around Asia for a year and life really arranged for me to do it, which was incredible. I mean, I had no money at the time. I had no idea how I was going to do it. And I just said to the universe, I'm doing this, figure it out. And it did. And it was, it was amazing. So I left and I traveled and I ended up in Peru Um, not long after that. And Peru is what started kind of more of a deeper healing journey for me because traveling Asia was sort of the remembering of my spirit, as I always say. You know, I was having fun. I was free. I was happy for the first time in years. Um, And then I had a bit of a shakeup happen in my life through something that happened with an ex-boyfriend. And so I flew to Peru, kind of a hot mess, and um, cried the entire plane flight. And uh, ended up meeting someone as soon as I got to Peru who introduced me to ayahuasca. And I had never heard of ayahuasca. I mean, this was like eight years ago. I didn't know what it was. And I had never taken a hallucinogenic anything in my life. And um, I just knew with every fiber of my being that I was going to drink that medicine. And I was like, oh God, you know, like my, my human self was like, seriously, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And my soul was like, you're doing this. And um, ayahuasca was a whole journey for me that really opened so much and shifted so much. But I also had a very clear ending with it. So about six months later, I was, I drank for the last time. And ayahuasca showed me why I didn't need it anymore and why I was done with it. And I journeyed my way to um, Central America. And a friend I met was like, let's go to this lake in Guatemala. And I said, okay. So I went to this lake in Guatemala where everyone was obsessed with cacao. And I was like, I don't know about this cacao business, you know, like it's just just chocolate, like whatever. And uh, ended up going to a ceremony took a couple sips of the cacao and within minutes was like, oh, this is different. This is not regular chocolate. This is amazing. And um, I ended up living in Guatemala for another eight months, drinking cacao like every day, going through a deep healing journey with it, um, crying a lot, shedding a lot. And uh, yeah, that was the that was the whole journey of how I got there. <laughs> oh my goodness! Insane. What I, I mean, the first thing that I can think of is like, what is what does the cacao like? How does it heal you? How does it help you? Because like I think the most most people will probably be like, oh, it's just like you said, just chocolate or what? You know what I mean? Like how exactly. does it connect with your soul? Well, you know, there's a couple different ways to look at it because there's obviously like the scientific side and then there's the spiritual side. Um, And from the spiritual side, you know, we talk a lot about cacao, the cacao spirit and how every plant medicine um, 
has a consciousness. Um, I mean, every plant has a consciousness, but um, plant medicines are the ones that are really here to work with us. And um, cacao's spirit is a very playful one. Um, It's a very light and easy one. You know, it's it's all about heart opening. And um, it's here to support the creative expression of our souls and who we're meant to be in the world. So there's this spiritual side to it where it's got this energy of, um, as my teacher, uh, Keith said, you know, you get thrown through the door to the other side when you take a psychedelic, but when you drink cacao, it's like, takes your hand and says, what do you want to do today? And it goes and, you know, holds the door open and says, you can do whatever you want today. Um, so it's got that sort of partner healing medicine element to it. Um, but also from a scientific side, you know, they're coming out with all kinds of research now on the different compounds that are in cacao when it's well made, when it's not over-processed, when it's not stripped of its nutrients, you know, it's full of chemicals that activate your blood vessels and the serotonin levels of your brain and, you know, just gets your body in this super open and relaxed state. Um, and boosts a lot of very of naturally occurring chemicals in your brain. So it doesn't add anything that you don't already make by your body. Um, it's just sort of boosting and supporting all these things that we already have and probably don't make enough of most of us that live in the Western world. So mm. wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's, um, so you do those in, in ceremonies, is that right? I do. I am I share it a lot of different ways these days, but um historically I always did ceremony. The, the funny thing is I'm moving away from the word ceremony. Mm. And the main mm. reason I'm moving away from it is because of a lot of the expectations and connotations that are in our society about ceremony, um, which is unfortunate because everything that's done with intention is a ceremony. I mean, us talking today is a ceremony, you know, like it's yeah. always, ceremony is used in so many different cultures and in so many different ways, but Unfortunately, um, you know, the Western world doesn't always quite understand that. And so I find that there can be a lot of expectations that I think just get in people's way. So I'm moving away from that. I tend to now, you know, talk about more of the toning and the the sound work and then just say like with cacao, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the truth is cacao is here to be that kind of a supporter. Um, you know, my teacher Keith always said it's cacao and. You know, it's like, it's cacao and whatever you bring to the world, whatever you're here to share. And that's why you do see a lot of different kinds of ceremony out there. Um, There's like music ones and dance ones and healing ones and and people bring it forward in whatever way lights their soul up. So So is this like, I mean, does it like last an hour? Is it like a meditation session in a way? Like how does that, how does it work? Yeah. So it lasts a while. I mean, it probably depends on the person. Each person is different. It just depends on how your body metabolizes these things. Um, But I find that you get a really good expansive experience for like at least four to five hours. Um, But the cacao stays in your system. You know, people always tell me actually that sometimes they experience the most realizations and breakthroughs even like the next day. Um, because maybe it just opened something for them and, and the cacao spirit really stays with you. So, um, but the ceremonies themselves, um, are usually about two hours, sometimes longer because people don't usually want to leave once you get going. So (laughs) I find that sometimes they can go on for a really long time, but I try to keep them in a container of about two to two and a half hours. And, and that's really just my ceremonies, um, have shifted and changed a lot over the years, depending on where I'm at. 
Um, they used to be more cathartic healing experiences. And now I find that they have a little bit of a lighter um, element to them um, because I use it with the toning and the toning moves so much energetically. It's like that just really adds this like added boost to people's experience. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's meditation, it's healing, um, but other people might share it differently. Yeah. yeah. And so like the group, I'm a big believer in that because I've done a lot of like, you know, when I started studying Akashic Records, we would have like a class, right? Everyone would go to the class for a day or two and then level two and three. And I always found that the mix of the people in the room actually made the experience. And I always believe that everybody that's in that room is there for a reason with you, right? Do you find that when you have different individuals in the room doing these vocal and, and the cacao, do you find that the, the kind of like the way it goes changes depending on who's there? Yes, 100%. And I love that you said that because I think that is so important. And this is something that I've actually been talking about a lot recently because most of my work these days, I'm, I'm trying to move more of it into group experience mm-hmm. um, because I find especially with the toning work, more comes through when there's multiple people involved. And that's because each person's soul is sort of calling forward things in a different way. So I always say to people, I actually don't know what's going to happen in the ceremony. Like come with no expectations because depending on who's there, it will go completely differently. Like I have no formula for how I present these things. I mean, I might have a little bit of a loose um, outline of like, we're going to start by meditating and then we're going to open people to share. And then, you know, there's sort of a loose outline, but where it goes is completely dependent on the group. It's completely dependent on what people are ready for, what their souls are asking for. And I do a lot of reading of the soul of a group. So when I work with someone one-on-one, I read their soul individually. When I work with a group, I read the collective soul. And I just trust that whatever anyone needs is going to come through. And that's usually how it works. That's amazing. So you're, you intuitively also give them messages during the group um, healing? Sometimes, depending. So it depends on how many people are there. Um, it depends on what's sort of being asked for to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, when I work with small groups, I definitely give everybody messages of what's coming through for them. We've been talking but- about like you doing these things, but we don't even know what you're doing. Where is it that you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, sorry, in like in, in what way we're like, where in the world, where the world are doing it. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I'm like, wait, that could mean a lot of things. Um, (laughs) I do them, I I do them all over the world. So I'm actually nomadic. Um, I'm not rooted in one spot at the moment. Um, and I kind of move around depending on where I'm feeling called to be. Uh, this year I've been in New York and Chicago quite a bit. Um, and in the last couple of years, I've been feeling called to be in America more than I've ever been, um, which has been a very interesting journey. But I also sometimes live in Thailand, sometimes in Bali, um, sometimes I'm in Europe. I mean, uh, in Australia, I'm I'm all over the place. People are always like, wait. So like, is there somewhere, I mean, someone's interested in maybe like doing a healing session with you. Where can they find out like where in the world you are at the time? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, yeah, the main way these days is actually my Instagram profile, which is just Aaron Aaron Eber. Um, But I 
find that Instagram is like the easiest way to really be putting out what I'm up to and where I'm at. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when I go to different places, I just announce the different ceremonies I'm going to be doing or partnerships that I'm doing with other people. I've been partnering with a lot of people lately. Um, And so I just like do it sort of a couple months at a time, depending on where I'm going to be. Okay. Sounds good. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we watched a video that Lorena shared with me the other day from your Instagram of you doing a, a part of a sound healing um, yeah. session. I guess. Yeah. Sound healing session. And we were like, wow, that's really it's cool. Incredible. Yeah. That's a very <laughs> cool noise. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's funny. I'm, I don't have a lot of videos of my work and I'm looking to change that. Um, and I, I think I hadn't done a lot of videos of it because it can seem a little weird when people watch it, you know, like they're just sort of like, wait, what's happening there? Um, mm-hmm. You know, they hear the the noises that I make and whatnot, but um, you know, you're witnessing a download or a transmission. So it's like really the most powerful to be a part of the whole experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that I'm actually working on right now is, is finding ways to share it through video um, so that people can start to understand what it is I'm actually doing. Because usually people don't quite get it until they experience it. And then they go, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I so think it's with a lot of things too, right? Like Reiki or yes. anything energetic. It's hard to really explain it, right? Completely. Yeah. It's one yeah. of those things where you kind of have to either just feel drawn to it or experience it and then go, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> so you're kind of changing what, whatever noise you're making or tone you're using, like you said, you're downloading it. So you're just tapping into what the room needs at the time. And then from there making whatever noise or vocal is kind of like being asked for you to do. Is that, that's how it works? Yeah. So it's funny because I've been really investigating for myself, even what's happening when I tone, um, because how I got started with it was just intuitively, um, And I actually got started with it when I was learning and working with cacao. Um, I was in a ceremony and the person leading the ceremony, who's very intuitive, said to me, Aaron, make a sound. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, just make a sound. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I made some random sound and half the room started like releasing and crying and going into this whole experience. And I was like, "Uh, okay, something just happened here. And so I started playing with it and It took me a while to actually really find my stride with it because at first I think I was sort of modeling it more after how other people used sound and um, I I couldn't quite figure out how to make it feel right for me. Um, All I knew was that when I made sounds that just came to me, people had breakthroughs and experiences and I wasn't sure what that was about. And it wasn't really until the last couple of years that I really started to understand it better. And One of the things that has become very clear to me is that um, there is a specific frequency that I channel with my voice that seems to override the human mind and our energy systems because our minds and our energy systems have been set up in a very specific way on this planet and it often doesn't allow in miracles or magic or sort of things that are other dimensional. And so a lot of healing work people do is to really just get themselves out of their own way to allow in these bigger frequencies. And I have found that using my voice and using sound tends to override the human no and just bring in these bigger versions of ourselves that we don't always allow ourselves to be connected with. 
Yeah. And then the healing can just naturally unfold in whatever way it's meant to come through for people. Um, and so I've been playing with, you know, I, I also watch, I have a few key sounds that I tend to go to quite a bit. And I, I've noticed when I'm doing it that it actually downloads very specific things in specific ways for people. Um, like I was just explaining to a friend the other day, I have these very low sounds that I do sometimes that sound very alien and very weird and almost like a bit of a didgeridoo kind of sound. Hmm. And when I make those, I'm almost always working with what I call the existential chakra, which is this sort of deep uh, human primal space within all of us where we kind of decide how much we want to be alive or not. And it's wow. usually where I work with people when um, they're very unhappy or depressed or maybe even suicidal. Um, there's usually a compromise in that energy system. But most people have very old programs set in that space. And so when I make these low sounds, what I watch happen is it's almost like symbols being implanted into the lower primal energy system um, to rewire it and to begin a rewiring that will then probably even unfold for a long time. Mm. So there's like all these different things happening when I tone that are much deeper than even just the sounds that I make. Um, even though the sounds are like this really nice way to just like carry the frequency and tends to turn people's brains off, which is helpful. <laughs> Yeah. What I love that you said in the beginning was that in the beginning, when you were learning to do it, you were trying to kind of, you're looking to see how other people were doing it and you're kind of copying that in a way and, and then trying to figure out how to do it. I think it's something that all of us have. And then it even happens with people that are learning to, I don't read the Keswick records, read tarot cards, whatever you, it's almost like you get so structured and you go, okay, how am I supposed to do it? And you want to like follow rules. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think it's Definitely. important for all of us to go, yeah, okay, I'll respect the tool and I'll respect, you know, what, what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for. But I think it's really important that we all tap into our own way of doing things. 100%. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of what's happening right now on the planet is I, um, I have a dear friend who we talk about this a lot and he always calls it the collective avatar awakening um, where you know, historically we've had these one avatar figures, um, the one-off avatar figures that we look to um, as the examples of divinity and awakening. You know, we've had Jesus or the Buddha or, or all these people throughout history. And right now we're all awakening to our own individual avatar nature. And yeah. each one of us is here to bring it in a very unique and different way. And so these systems are great, you know, when you feel authentically called to them, you know, by all means go down those roads. And for me, there's obviously been several that have been very helpful, but what's been totally key to everything I'm doing is to strip away any idea of doing it in a way that anyone else does it and really trusting my own way of bringing that forward, which is something I'm always having to look at, you know, and, yeah. and learn to trust. Yeah. The trust is huge, I think, there, because if you can't trust yourself to do it in, in your own way or that you're capable of doing it, then it's going to be so hard, right? Yeah. And, you know, and that's, 
it's very buried in our human psyches. It's very normal. Um, you know, it's that thing we were talking about earlier. Um, straying from the pack is a little bit scary to people yeah. um, because we've been hardwired to stay safe and to yeah. stick together. Um, and so this is a this is a process of you know deconditioning that from our experience and finding our way of sharing our own essence. You know, and I think there's nothing more awakening and healing than individual essence that's been untampered with. And it's, you know, I think that's what we sense in the people that we look up to or the awakened beings that we look up to is that there's, they've sort of untangled themselves from the mess that we've created of what is supposed to be humanness. And, you know, they're just these living examples of, of something so much more um, connected to source. Yeah. And oh, as well, like every kind of enlightened being that has or is on earth now, they, they all have their uniqueness, right? Like you can't mm -hmm. even compare them. Like I'm talking like people that are like above all of us, right? Yeah. They have their own way of doing everything and they don't, it, it seems to me at least that they don't stay in this like, um, box, you know, of like, oh, things have to be like this. They, they come out of that and that's why they get noticed because they're doing it their own way and they're exactly. healing and helping people. And that's what we should all really do. I think, although like yeah. you said, it is hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just an, it's just a process, you know, it I think, is, yeah. um, you know, when we're still feeling stuck in the box, like I know from my own experience, I've had a lot of feelings stuck in the box in my life. And I've um, been pretty allergic to that, which has been a blessing and a curse, you know, um, <laughs> It's led me into all the things that I do today. Um, as Bill, my teacher, once said to me, he's like, Aaron, I think a lot of people feel what you're feeling, but you just have a very low tolerance for it. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. that, makes, that actually makes a lot of sense, you know? Um, yeah. It's like being put in a box to me feels like worse than death. Um, but also all of my journeys with feeling stuck in a box have integrated a deep understanding of what we are dealing with as humans. And so it's actually been a very important part of my journey to feel those things. And sometimes I think we can really beat ourselves up or get really frustrated with ourselves like, oh, why am I still feeling self-doubt or why am I still feeling held back? Um, but what I found is that those experiences we're having that link us to what everyone else is feeling are usually there as gifts to open something deeper within ourselves that we then share with the collective to help break everyone else free as well. Yeah. I yeah. agree more. Yeah. Like even before when you were talking about the toning, the sound healing, you were saying how you have those lower frequencies. I think you said, with, I think it was lower frequencies that mm -hmm. were helping people that felt depressed. And that's something you've gone through, right? So yeah. I think without that internal experience of yours, maybe that sound and that frequency wouldn't be coming out or oh, as definitely. strong, right? Definitely. And I know for myself, like, so there's a, a Kalal Jibrian, uh, is that how you say his last name? I always say it wrong. Um, but he has a poem called On Joy and Sorrow. Um, I don't know if you know it, but there's a line in it where he talks about um, carving the flute to make the perfect sound and how like, is it not that knife that carved the flute what then created 
this beautiful sound. And that's been my experience to a T, you know, is, is feeling that inner carving that's not always comfortable and has been really at times uh, very challenging to what I know to be true about existence. Yeah. But then it's what's created this ability for me to channel and share in the way that I do. And I have no fear of that existential angst. Like no, not one part of me is afraid of that in someone. And it's because of the way that I have walked through it myself that I know that there is nothing to actually be afraid of. And I know that the other side contains everything that anyone could ever want, you know, to experience inside. So mm. I wouldn't have that without having had to have walked through it myself. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And so like, let's say that somebody's on like a total different continent than you, but they're like into this vocal thing you're talking about and they want, can they like somehow email your message? You go, Hey, this is one of my issues. Can, can they like somehow get you to record something where they can listen to in their own meditation at their house or something like that? Yes. I love that you said that because that's actually the main thing that I've been doing lately um, is I work with people through Zoom and I find that the sound works a hundred percent as well through Zoom as it does in person. Um, and this is pretty amazing to me, but it's because it's a download, you know? So I've actually even experimented with doing a session for someone where they couldn't hear me at all. Like I just said, okay, I'm going to do it now and you just be, you know, over wherever you are, closing your eyes and tuning oh, in. Oh, that's And cool. they go through, yeah, and they pick up the download and they feel everything happening in their body. Um, and so this is, you know, the quantum field in action. I can work from yeah. anywhere, um, which is amazing. So while I love doing the live events, which I've been trying to do more of because it's just nice to get in front of people and to experience it with people live, but the majority of my work is actually through Zoom. And I do private sessions and I also can do group sessions through Zoom. Um, and so what happens when I do that as well is you experience it live through the Zoom, but then um, I'm also recording it on GarageBand on my computer while I do it. And then I send you the recording of the toning and then I tell people to use it like medicine. You know, like take it every day, um, start your day with the toning um, or do it as many times as you feel like you need to do it because that toning contains a download that is going to unfold for a while. Um, I listen to my own tonings. <laughs> I like wow. start every morning with my own toning and like I go through phases of which one's my favorite, you know, but yeah. um, they're like the gifts that just keep on giving, you know, like they never get old for me. That's amazing. I love that. I think it's really funny that the questions I'm asking, I think she's like sending me the questions to ask her. <laughs> I think so too, because the question you just asked, I was just thinking, and if you weren't going to ask it, like I was going to ask it. This girl's manipulating the interview. <laughs> Wait, I have one more question. That's it's not on- tuned in you guys like, are. <laughs> in, general, in general, we kind of plan out some of the questions we're going to ask our, the people that we interview, right? Like, like we yeah. did with you, Erin. But I think one thing here now that's coming to me is like, can you do some of the, like maybe a little bit of sound for people to hear just something, or is that like not possible? We could definitely do that. Um, just like a few I, seconds so people can understand like how amazing or, it is. Or maybe she wants yeah. to do it like on her own time and then we can add it at the end of the episode also. Too. We can do either. I, um, I have actually done live toning on other interviews, so I'm completely okay with that oh, if wow, you guys okay. want to do it now. Yes. Um, and <laughs> cool. what actually, what I would suggest is if there's something that you guys would like to introduce or call through, 
Um, maybe if you're feeling any type of intention present um, for your listeners. Just awakening, um, I think. Um, yeah, that's a, what the podcast is all about. <laughs> that's true. I feel like actually what maybe wants to come through is a tone that sort of represents the energy that you guys are bringing forward through your podcast, which is this sort of support in people's awakening process and this, um, you know, guidance for people who maybe are feeling like they want a deeper connection within themselves and, and externally as well with other people. Yeah. Yes. Can they listen to this while they're driving? Is that okay? Like if they're yeah, <laughs> yeah you they, know, or should they like stop it like right now? <laughs> I mean, I would suggest sitting and truly taking it in because you're going to then be more aware of, of what's coming through, mm -hmm. um, or opening for you. But, um, you know, you can actually listen to it doing pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like listen to them in the background when I'm like on the subway or like, you know, doing something random. Um, but I find that it's best to, actually really take it in, listen to it with headphones, maybe lay down, close your eyes, um, let yourself drift off if you need to, you know, it'll just help everything. That's amazing. Okay. All right. So I guess what I'm going to start, I'm just going to invite everybody to close their eyes if they can, and just take a minute to center down into our bodies and into our heart spaces. Maybe take a deep breath in and out of your heart to begin to call yourself to presence in your own essence, in your own light field. And we're going to invite through today whatever your soul is calling forward for you right now in your own awakening process, whatever is here to support you. And hold your hand in this next steps that you take forward and at the end we're going to be silent for a moment and I'll invite you back when it's complete
Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. Wow, I felt that like through yeah. my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually what people yeah, report. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I felt that too. My favorite are like the higher tones. I love that. Yeah, it's so funny because usually I never know what's going to come through. And sometimes it's all higher tones. And for some reason, I think maybe because we were just talking about the lower tones, like those came out really strongly in this one. Yeah. Um, and my guess was that, so I was kind of working on the auric field of your listener group and also even calling forward like the people that are going to be listening um, into this. And there was this sort of reworking of that, that primal field that we were talking about um, and then a bringing in of you know divinity of their soul's truth into that space that was then created so the higher tones kind of connected to that so that makes sense that you like the higher tones because it's kind of like it's the the grounding in of the essence usually also i'm loud and annoying so <laughs> yes <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Oh, that was, yeah. that was, that was amazing. That was really cool. Like that you can actually feel it. Like you were saying before you do these uh, remote or, you know, distance healings through sound and you actually can feel it. Like I, I felt yes. down my whole body and like, even now my crown chakra feels. Yeah, it'll continue. It'll unfold. So this is the thing with the toning is people have their experience while it's happening, but it's going to unfold probably over the next like day or so. Um, because it plants a lot of seeds. So those start to open. And, and this is why I also recommend, you know, re-listening to the tones as medicine. Um, and when I do them for people very specifically, I tune into exactly what their energy field is needing. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's always a different experience depending. Um, I like working on groups because sometimes what one person is ready for, the other, like other people in the group might need in other ways. And then it comes through for them in their own way. Mm -hmm. um, so there's kind of a magic in that, I think, um, that can sometimes open even more than you realized you were looking for. Um, but yeah, it's always sort of a different experience depending on the group, the moment, what you need right then and there. Yeah, which is constantly shifting, right? Like exactly a month from now we'll be in a different place than we were today. But thank exactly. you so much. That was amazing. Really, really yeah, that yeah. was great. Thank you guys. This was so much fun. And um yeah, it was just really great to get to chat with you. And the the field you hold is really beautiful. I mean, I, I feel the openness of um being able to share really uh authentically and in a true way and i can really attribute that to the energy that you guys are holding for this podcast so oh that's thank so sweet you. yeah yeah we're also intention yeah we're also cheating because we use the energy of the masters and the guides with the cash <laughs> <laughs> um you should always cheat in that way that's amazing <laughs> they're always at our they're always there for us like cheat if you yeah. can
Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you could tell Thank before you so before we go though, I'd like you to share like where people can find you. We'll put it all in the show notes, but if you can maybe just tell everybody before before we say goodbye. Yeah. Um and also I should share, I should promote myself. Um yes. that I am um I'm doing a six-week cacao journey, probably starting in April. I haven't launched the exact date yet. Um I've done it a few times already, um, where I do basically it's kind of like learning about working with cacao for yourself and learning about ceremonial cacao and um, what it is and what makes it special and how to work with it. Um, But it's also a six weeks transformational journey. So it's like an online course. And then also once a week we come together um, online in ceremony, I do a toning download for whatever's present there. We share, we tune in, I answer questions. um, And it's one of my favorite things that I do. So the next round of that is probably going to start in April. Um, to stay up to date on that and other things that I'm offering. Um, the best way is through Instagram right now. Erin Eber is my Instagram handle. I share a lot about my own personal journey and my writing um, and also what I'm up to. I have a website, erineber.com, although it's in the process of being updated. So hopefully that'll be up and running by the time this podcast comes out. But um, I've been a little slow on the website front. I'm not the most technically together human being all the time. <laughs> it's hard um, to do everything, right? It is. I'm like, oh, I don't operate in this realm. But um, but yeah, hopefully my website will be up and you can also find more information on getting in my newsletter that way and um, signing up for more information on the course and, and other offerings that I'm going to be doing. That's perfect. Thank you Sounds so great. much. I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast and talking about these topics. They're, they're really kind of eye-opening. And also, I think a lot of people relate to what you've been through too. I, f- I have that feeling. And all yeah. these subjects are like totally new to Lorraine and I, at least. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I've That's never so done cacao or, I mean, sound healing. I know a little bit from like Christos and Foster um, mm-hmm. who've been on the podcast and they've talked about it and, and Foster does a lot of sound healing um, through he chants, basically. I think he sings. Yeah. Other than that, like you're the first person that we have on here really talking about how this can heal you and help you, right? Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. And yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, So the other thing is I work with a very specific kind of cacao that I would highly recommend to you guys. It's called Keith's Cacao. And through my Instagram, you can order it with my discount code um, if you're interested in it. And um, it's hands down the best ceremonial cacao I've ever worked with. I've tried a lot of them. This one is so far and above the rest. and they just did some testing on it and actually found that it has three times the amount of theobromine to caffeine. And that's why they think it's so powerful. Um, but anyway, that's a whole different topic. But I just wanted to put that out there that if you guys want to try cacao, you should order this cacao and start experimenting with it with yourself. Um, Perfect. And that's the cacao I use in my course. So Cool. Yeah, we'll get the link to that in the discount code. And we'll put that all on the on the link. Uh, awesome. Like link it to the episode and stuff. So definitely yeah. have a little okay. ceremony and then let me know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> try it. Yeah. Channel the Akashic Records on cacao. Trust me, yeah. it'll be a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah You'll have yeah, a lot of fun. sounds really good. Yeah. Mixing stuff. That's so cool. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode and we want to personally thank Erin for coming on the podcast. We had so much fun talking to her about all the healing methods she uses 
the cacao, the sound healing, and even just hearing her journey and how she got to where she is right now was very inspirational. We really appreciate her also doing that live toning and sound healing for each and every one of you. It's for the listeners of the podcast and it was such a cool experience and seriously felt it like all through my body. It was like really a really interesting experience that that I hope you guys all appreciate. Be sure to contact us about the free energy healing that Lucia mentioned at the beginning of the episode. We want to make sure we get everybody's emails on all the information so that we can get that confirmed as soon as possible. As well as a level one Akashic Records course. We are super excited to bring this to you all and that will be on the 18th and 19th of April. And it's a maximum of eight students. So if you're interested, please let us know ASAP. We are super excited about all the things that we're able to create through the podcast. And if there's anything that you guys have any feedback on, please feel free to contact us through our website. Just want to thank you all for tuning in and be sure to share this episode with anyone that you think might benefit from this information. We really appreciate all of your support, but by you sharing this episode or our podcast, that'll allow us to get our message to more people and for us to grow. Uh, So we just want to thank you for all your support and we hope you have a great week. Thanks, everybody.